Welcome to the Clash Act podcast. But first, we're going to take a word from our sponsors, Morrissey Motors. Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors, Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly, award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won Car of the Year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the Year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning Partner Van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Waterford Road, Kilkenny, today. You're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast with myself, Eddie Scally. And joining me in the hot seat today is none other than Michal Donoghue, a Galway native and, of course, former Galway All-Ireland winning manager. Michal, thanks a million for taking the call this morning. No problem. Thanks for having me on. No, it, it is great to have you. Michal... Like I want to dive into it straight away with you. You got into management um, at a quite quite a young age. I mean, I know your own hurling career was hampered with injuries, but you got into management very young. Was was that really down to the injuries that you wanted to stay involved in the game, or how did that come about? Uh, yeah. So how exactly what you mentioned? I I had to retire from hurling uh, when I was twenty eight, and pretty much straight away, a good friend of mine, Vincent Mullins, who I was working with at the time, was. Uh, involved with he got appointed the Railway Cup manager and he asked me to get involved in that and we were successful in that and then he went on to become the Galway Under 21 manager and he asked me to get involved uh, as a selector coach with him at that time so I was delighted obviously he was going to fill the void for me from not playing to you know stay involved in Hurland which was a huge passion and just a great opportunity for me so we spent uh, four years involved with the 21s from 2005 to, to 2008 That was a very successful period of time you, you had two All-Ireland wins in that period Yeah it was we had uh, I'd say two things uh, Vincent in fairness to him put a, a good management team uh, it included uh, Matty Kinney who's well known um, Michael Ryan uh, another really well-known coach, uh, Sean McCaig as well from Kiltarmer was involved. and So we had a really good management team. Equally then, we were very fortunate to be working with uh, some great players at the, at the time as well. and uh, We won it in 2005 and 2007. And then, kind of, when, moving out of the Galway, the Galway scene, you, you, you took charge of, of Clarence Bridge then. I think that was your next step in management, was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. And, like... You know, Claren Bridge is your own club at home, and there, 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 there's a lot of pressure involved with you know taking your own club. That's it's not something that that people take easy. Like, I mean, how, how was that for you stepping in there in that role? Uh, yeah, it, it was difficult because uh, when I took over, I was managing lads that I had played with. I was managing some of my best friends, uh, my own brother. Uh, you know, so it, it, it was different, but. Uh, I learned so much from being involved with the Galway Under-21s and learned about having a really good management team with you. And probably at that time, the Clarence Bridge team was really talented, had you know household names with the Kearns, the Cones, uh, you know, Liam, the brother, Davy Ford, you know, just to name a few. So, like, you know, really well-established hurlers, lads that had represented Galway at, as lots of levels uh, very unfortunate at the time to come across you know an unbelievable uh, Portumna team you know who were vying for, for 
not alone Galway Championships, but uh, All Ireland as well. So the Galway Championship at the time was very competitive, and I just felt at the time, Cambridge, I'll use the word underachieved, words underachieved, and you know had huge potential. And as I said, I just learned so much from the Galway under 21s, and wanted to bring some of those learnings back into the club and was very fortunate then that we went on to win the county final and uh, win the All-Ireland club title in 2011. And like like in your career Michal, like you've had some, some great highs but like to win an All-Ireland with your own club like that must rank right up there with one of the best moments of your life in sport. Oh, it does of course yeah. Um, the Galway Championship is just so competitive and you know we'd won it only the first the club uh, county championship in 2001 so like it was only our second title ever and uh, obviously being in Galway and Connacht you know there, there, there was a provincial but it obviously wasn't too taxing on us and you know we went straight through to the All-Ireland Series uh, into the semi-final where we played De La Salle so from Warford so we had a you know a lot of time to prepare for that game they were coming through the Munster Championship and we could watched them in every round of that and we prepared accordingly but you know, I, I keep saying we, we had an unbelievable bunch hugely experienced and we were just on a great roll at that time and you know, Cambridge isn't isn't a huge uh, it isn't a huge place you know I think we had over 10 sets of brothers on us you know our relations so like any club with small knitted community uh hurling to the core and you know what it did for the community for such a long time was was brilliant you know and especially for the development of youth you know give a massive injection a massive massive impetus to to uh keep pushing on and it was a great period for Clarenbridge. and the, the Clarenbridge journey kind of ended for you um pretty soon after that you 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 went to to, to, to turlock more was it a case of You've you've brought Claren Bridge as far as you can, or or, or or what happened? Why was why was? Uh, I took a year. I took a year out, and uh, being honest, probably one of, one of my regrets on reflection and looking back is that I didn't stay maybe uh, longer. Um, but look, it's easy to look back in in hindsight, and um, it is a regret. Uh, I just took a year out. I had uh, just at home with two little fellas, so at the time, so. Um, it was just busy, and at that stage, like I had, but four years, I uh, had a fairly hectic playing career. I had four years done with Galway under twenty one. So I did two and a half years with Cambridge, so I was on the go a lot. So I just took a year out and then uh, went to Turlock Moor for two years, and that was a big challenge. And you know they were. Uh, for the previous couple of years they had just been fighting relegation but equally had a very good team and you know we were very unfortunate the first year we got to the semi-final we beat Port Humlin in the quarter-final and we're just unlucky to lose out to a good Lockray team that year so we had a good run in that uh, the second year got to the quarter-final again and uh Stepped away then again after that. Yeah, but the Galway, the Galway Club Championship is very similar to the Kenny Club Championship. The margins between winning the championship and getting relegated are uh, are a book yeah. of a ball generally, with about eight or nine really good strong sides. And I suppose that was the thing with Turlock Moore. You were probably the wrong side of a book of the ball in a couple of games. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and that's it. And, and you know, it's it's very much like it's so competitive. But the way it, the way it was structured, you know, we had a huge break in between, so it was trying to manage it. So it's you know, even to today, it's about literally can you time the run? Do you know what I mean? Can you get through the group stages and then up your preparation for the knockout stages? And it's it's just about timing because there are a lot of quality teams and. In recent years, now we've gone to a, a championship, uh, an A and B championship, but uh, with no, with still just one definitive winner. You know, you can still be in the B championship and win the senior championship. So there are a lot of teams. Like there's 20, I think it's 22 teams. Like so, there are a lot of teams vying for it. So uh, it's a really, really competitive um, championship. And then you, you kind of. Uh, like I, I don't know how this came about, but 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 you're surely going to tell me now. But you moved into a role with the Tipperary hurling panel, which was well documented. Yeah. It was in some cases when I read about it, I'm told, you know, me all don't know who was a, a a hidden selector or he was this. But from my yeah. understanding, as it was it was really there on a stats based role or whatnot. And how, how did this come about? Yeah, it wasn't it was like uh, so how it came about. I became very friendly with Eamon uh, when I was over Claren Bridge, uh, we were introduced to each other and I got him to come out and do a few sessions with the lads and we just clicked, you know, and, and formed a very strong friendship from then to to today and uh, very similar mindset and he's been brilliant for me. He, number one, a good friend of mine, but number two, he was a great mentor for me right throughout my journey and... Um, he just, when he was became manager of Tipperary, he, uh, I had another offer on the table, which was, at the time for me, you know, I just wanted to continue learning, and, and it was a good opportunity as well. And then Eamon asked me to go down to Tipperary. So um, at that stage in my own head, you know, I had aspirations of... Um, one day hopefully becoming the Galway manager but at the time you didn't know whether that was going to be possible or ever going to happen so it was just for me it was just building my CV and learning and going to get the opportunity to go to Tipperary a team that was highly competitive a team that was pretty much always in the knockout stage it's one of the top teams in the country and then the experience of going to see what it was like to be involved with a team outside of Galway and, and just for me learning and uh, you know my role varied in it I, I, I did a bit on the pitch I you know the stat thing was just uh, you know probably blown out of proportion honest like you know I, I ha- had a big input down there but it was it was just a brilliant experience um, you know county steeped in tradition uh you know, they, they always want to be the best they can be. And uh, that was the big thing for me, you know, that regardless of what happened in the year, when they reflected and wanted to move forward, it was always about how they can be better. And, and that was big learning for me. And, and it was just a really enjoyable experience. Well. And now, the travel was torture, but uh, it was an enjoyable experience. The, the travel would be one side of it, I suppose. In, in, in Kilkenny, we'd see going to Tipperary would be torture in itself. Um, but I'm I'm sure in Galway it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't uh, feel as bad. But yeah. was there a lot of thought in your mind about you know I'm I'm crossing enemy lines here I'm I'm you know I'm going into 
foreign territory. Was that a worry in your mind at all? Uh, it was. I We played Galway in, I think it was a quarter final, and it was down in Thurles, and uh, I was sitting in the stand, uh, wired up, and like the, I will say, like, the abuse, some of the abuse I got that night, I was just going, oh my God. <laughs> you know, so I think the biggest thing is, you know, for any coach or anyone aspiring to become a better coach, it's all about amassing a CV and getting greater experience. And that's what I was doing. And, you know, sometimes you might cross the cross a line or what supporters perceive to be, you know, you shouldn't have gone there or, you know, be it a club or a county, but it was just a great learning experience for me and, you know, but obviously some people took exception to it and, and let their feelings be known, but, you know, that goes with the territory, doesn't it? No, it, it, it 100% does and I I can totally see the point of, of, of like if we're, if we're looking as we talk through it, you can see how your CV is building and seeing yeah. how a different county does it, um, you know, makes perfect sense. But in 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 2015, then uh, December of 2015, the, the the call was made that you know the the job that you'd always wanted really um, was coming on the table for you. Now, the circumstances in which the position was made available to you, um, it, it must have probably put you on a difficult start. I and mean, you know, there was Anthony's Anthony's tenure when it came to an end, kind of came to a, a judder and halt, and and there was a bit of. There was a bit of animosity, I think, around the whole setup. You know, for you yeah. coming in on that stage is, you know, trying to steady the ship. Like, was there much involved in that for you personally with the players? Yeah, it was a very, it, it was a very difficult period for for Galway, and because it was drawn out a lot, uh, and it was drawn out in the public attention as well, which probably benefited nobody at the time. So. It was highly topical everywhere you went, and uh, there was two sides, of course, one you know for and one for against. And you know, then when it became apparent that you know Anthony was stepping away and there was a vacancy, you know, the natural tendency for people is you know they still wanted Anthony, and you know, some wanted a new manager. So it, it was it was really difficult with and. It was a hard time to go in and just everything about getting the job was something that I'd never envisaged, you know, just in the whole just in the whole process. Like it was really, really, it was a hard process. It was really difficult. It was, um, you know, because there was just such a variance in, in opinion. Do you know what I mean? It, it was. It, it was just really taxing on everyone involved in it, but thankfully for me and the management team that we put together, uh, it came together and we got in and, and we were delighted to be appointed in 15. And just kind of when you take your, your first couple of sessions, like I spoke with Dan Shanahan a few weeks back and we were talking about, you know, a little bit of discontent there with Justin when he was managing Waterford. And, and, and you know, Dan was very hurt himself that, you know, the time Dan refused to shake hands with him coming off the field became this iconic image of Waterford hurling and Dan said it's to this day it, it pains him because he had so much respect for Justin and when the players had a vote for Justin to leave Dan was one of the players that voted that he didn't want him to leave you know um, and it can, it can be rained out but I'm sure 
when you get your group of players together, there's obviously some players are delighted to see a new fresh face and then there's other players that probably feel that they've great loyalties to Anthony Cunningham and he, he brought them great places too. Um, never got it over the, the finishing line but did get them very close yeah. to it. Um, was it a case of when you go into a dressing room in that scenario, it's the past is the past and we're starting today on a blank sheet of paper, lads, and we all drive on together here now for Galway. Yeah, it is, but, you know, one thing we really stressed right through our journey of management, like, you know, it was like, you know, it was uh, 29 years we hadn't won. It was, you know, when we were appointed, what had gone on. And, you know, so really for me and the management team, what had gone before was didn't really bother us, you know what I mean? Because we weren't really directly involved in it, we could have had no hand act or part in it. You know, so we pretty much drew a line and, you know, the first night we met the players, we had a very clear and defined plan of what we wanted to do uh, and we went through that thoroughly with them and, of course, they were sussing us out as much as we were them and uh, so we went, I went through my plan of what we wanted and then we, you know, showed the kind of player and people that we want to be involved. So, you know, pretty much after our first meeting, there was very clear lines uh, drawn to, to what we want to want to achieve and it was difficult for us in that we were appointed in December the lads were had competed in the All-Ireland they were going away on a team holiday and you know our preparation was really stifled for the start of that league and Walsh Cup and so on like we only met them on officially met them say on a Thursday or Tuesday night and our first match was on the Thursday night so we were thrown right into the deep end but you know it was still okay and, and, and on the field of play in 2016 you know we've seen the Galway style that you were trying to build and, and work on it but for yourself during that season you know, where you get the feeling, where you getting the feeling in your in your own chest and in your own mind, because sometimes when you're when you're with your own thoughts, you, you can see things very clearly. You don't need people to tell you. But was it starting to come into your head that you were thinking, you know, that there is a bunch of lads here that are one hundred percent capable of winning in All Ireland, and we just need to tweak a couple of small things and we'll get there. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, I we've always said this, and that you know we knew when we went in that we're dealing with an exceptionally talented group, a group that were seriously driven, a group that were knocking on the door and had just come up a small bit short. And, you know, every time they had come up short, you know, uh, through media, locally, like they got an awful lot of flack. But, you know, I just felt and we felt, you know, they always showed huge resilience in, in coming back and, you know, being one of the contenders. So we knew we were dealing with a highly talented group and you know from having watched them previous years it was just you know that if you did come in you'd like to tweak a few different things and very early you know from and I have no problem or hesitation in saying from once we joined the lads were bought in straight away everything we tried to implement on, on the field they they took it head on and you know took huge ownership and you know for most even though we got relegated to 1B after two months and that was difficult because of everything that had gone on and probably in terms of our appointment and the way Anthony's tenure ended you know there was still a lot of animosity so when we got relegated it was an opportunity for maybe supporters that had were anti-ish to say look the point was proven but 
for us collectively inside in that circle we knew we were going in the right direction we could see green shoots in terms of what we wanted to do on the pitch and as that season went on we uh, I thought we were getting better you know we came a bit on crops to yourselves in the in the 16 uh, Leinster final but you know we learned so much from that game and, and uh, collectively as a group and you know what we learned from that game we really tried to implement for not alone for the games after that but um, going forward for us so you know we lost the Leinster final we drew Clare in the quarter final we had a good win against them in Thurles and we came up against Tip in the semi-final in 16 we lost Adrian Tuhi and Joe Canning just before half time and you know our preparation going into the game wasn't ideal we'd you know, when, when we were when appointed, I just changed the way we approach games in terms of you know how long we were in the dressing room and so on. So we were minimising that time in the dressing room, and the guard escort never picked us up. This isn't known a whole lot in 16. Like so, we arrived in Crow Park at 2:52 and we were out in the pitch at 3:02. Like so, it wasn't ideal preparation. We still lost the game only by a point. So that was. You know, where obviously we were disappointed to have lost the game, but we we'd learned so much and knew we were coming in the right direction and going in the right direction in in every facet of it. So uh, at that stage, we were really looking forward to going into 2017. And Michal, it was just something that you kind of touched on there, um, and it's it's something like my wife is a Galway woman, so I, I spend a huge amount of time in Galway, and I've a huge amount of friends in Galway, you know, and and, and big hurling and football people. But it's 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 one thing that I've noticed, and it's I don't see it as much in Kilkenny, and and, and it's genuine. I don't the media. In Kilkenny, like Kilkenny were beaten last week, and there's a lot of sore people here that we've been beaten by Cork, and they're out of the championship. But in general, the media reports they're quite fair on the players. They're very kind in the sense that they're saying they died with their boots on, they they fought to the death. There's no suggestions that Brian Cody should be thrown onto the scrap heap. You know, they're yeah. Uh, they're, but I find in Galway when I go when I go home, I'd say I go up to my wife's house and Mam Cross and stuff, and you'd see the the local press and even on the radio. They can be quite critical of their players, you know, very quickly. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's no hole, hole barred. And uh, I would say in the main, you know, the support, all I can say from my time there, you know, the, the report the players had built up with the supporters, we had unbelievable support uh, over that period. Um, and, you know, that came from supporters seeing you know, the lads' work rate, the attitude, you know, we've brought huge consistency to our game and I think when supporters go to the game, they can appreciate once your team is working hard and uh, doing their best. But, you know, I, I agree, John, defeat, uh, you know, some of the, the criticism is way over the top because, you know, I think sometimes people forget that not alone Galway players, every player, doesn't matter what level you're at, that, you know, their whole life is put on hold, you know, hurling is their number one and, you know, the sacrifices, commitment that they make to represent their county is huge and, you know, nobody goes out to play a bad game and, you know, it's part of sport, part and parcel that, you know, some days it just doesn't happen for you and uh, I think sometimes that's completely forgotten about uh, in some sections of the media and it's, it can be sometimes a bit of free-for-all which is totally unfair on the players 
And then, no, it, it is, it is, and it's, 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 it's something that happens. I know in Curry, I've seen it before that they, they said that they can be quite, quite over the top. But, but I know even talking, I talked to Eugene Coon in a couple of months back, and we were saying the same thing that, you know, the the blade seemed to be that little bit sharper in Galway when, you know, and in some cases as well, it's 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 hack journalists that that have never played that that haven't went out and and, and tried to do it, and they think that they've a, a, a fair chance to just come in and cut the back off players and club allegiances in Galway seem to be <laughs> extremely strong as well, um, and, and and that kind of comes from it. But in your second yeah, year, I think, I think nationally as well, like there's some, you know, I, I think what's annoying for me sometimes there's people that have come from Galway and they're the first to, to lower the blade like so that that's disappointing but you, you become accustomed to it and you know where we're talking about it and, and it doesn't fair you know when you're involved you know you have to shut all of that out you, you don't you don't get involved in it you don't uh, you know it doesn't really bother you you're in a you know everyone references maybe a circle or a group and what's outside of what's outside of that doesn't really matter, do you know what I mean, in terms of criticism, you know, the group, the bond that that's always within any group, that, that's going to be the strongest and outside noise doesn't really have a huge impact on it. And then, to just just moving on to, to 2017, because um, you know, it was it was a brilliant year for you, um, 2017, obviously, um, you know, the, 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 the work that had been done the foundation work that had been done had started to come to fruition there um, you had a very strong National League campaign that year I think I think Galway won the National League in the end that year didn't they? Yeah we did and we were like I think uh, we'd been going okay in the league we met Waterford in the quarter final and you know every year it doesn't matter what team wins the championship you know they'll always look back maybe on one game and you know for us we look back on the Warford game, we were 10 points down twice and the lads, you know, just stuck to the game plan. They, they didn't deviate away from it and, you know, that's what's really important when you're building, trying to build a team and a process that, you know, in, in good and bad, you stick to it and, and try and ride it out and that game for us, we were down 10 points twice and the boys stuck to the plan and, and we came away with a win that day and, I think that just reaffirmed everything that we were trying to do and you know that day they had to players had to take huge ownership on the pitch and you know they duly did that and, and uh, you know it was a good stepping stone for, for going forward with a good win in the league final against Tipperary and it just set us up well then for the championship and it's, it's like the, the game that game the, the Waterford game because it's a game that you've marked out is that something you know the players belief in the system in, in the sense that you know we're never beaten if we're, we're 8 points down 10 points down it doesn't matter we keep going we keep doing the same things and is that something that you're able to draw on during the season then if you know if you're in situations of course it is like you, you, you draw on every experience and you know especially if you're trying to implement a, a game plan and you know I think it's very similar to the way with Cork's roots this year you know you, it's very evident that you know they're playing a running game it is breaking down but you know, they have to trust the process and, you know, that was uh, evident last week in that, you know, they got caught at the end with Adrian Mullins' goal but, you know, they didn't deviate away from it in, in extra time and pushed on and, and that's when you can see a team grow, growing in, in what they're doing and uh, going out and performing the way the management want and, like, Cork are a big example of that and for us, that just cemented what we were doing for the players in terms of maybe getting even more buy-in and, you know they took huge ownership that day because you know if you're ten points down it can go 
one way you can get bet by 20 or else you just keep the head down and stay working and keeping at it and, and that's what they did and said it just gave us a good platform going forward and just 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 on that championship campaign the, the semi-final like like I, I, I went to most of the games but the, at the semi-final I'd be watching the line a bit and you know you can see the emotion etched on your face generally in games you, you, you know you wear your heart in your sleeve and I often look and I think God that man's head must be you know his heart must be beating at about a million miles an hour he's trying to keep his eye on the game he's trying to you know not lose control and get caught up in the atmosphere but the Tipperary game it was like it was it was one for the ages it was just an absolute ding dong of a game from from your perspective on the line like can you enjoy a game like that or is it just you know you might as well be playing type of thing yeah I, it's just funny you know when you when you look back on different games and I've often mentioned this I don't know what it was about that game like you, as soon as we arrived in Bow Park that day you could just feel the tension and I think it was for everyone supporters alike and you know even for the two teams like it, you know it, it wasn't probably a brilliant game in the first half it was just nip and tuck and you know the second half took off but I think because of the previous meetings between Tip and Galway you know there was only a point in it the previous two years so when both play each other it's nearly tactics go out the window just nearly becomes a shootout and that's a manager's nightmare and that you don't want that to be unfolding in front of you and it, because it was just nip and tuck right through right up to the very end uh, I think that just added to it but we were glad to come away with that one point win and Joe's point at the very end of the game um, like was there ever a time in the game like obviously the point is it was an outrageous score it was absolutely brilliant and it was probably right on the right time to get it as well but mm. like when that goes over the bar do you straight away start worrying about the puck out or you start to think to yourself we've got this you start worrying about the puck out <laughs> like after the game I remember I was pointing I, I, you know sometimes you're nearly better off putting the ball out of play because you can have a better reset do you know what I mean rather than giving them the opportunity and and uh, that's where we were hedging at Cullum I, I know the time was right up but you know the ball broke to Bubbles and he had a wide and you know from my experience being down and tip and seeing him and what he's capable of once he gets a glimpse of goal like your heart is in your mouth because you know it's a great opportunity no matter of the angle or the distance with when he was on the ball so I was glad to see you taking to the left and then you go you're, you're true to a final you know it's you have the experience you know what you're doing all out of final against against Waterford um, you know Galway would have went in there as 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 as, as favourites um, for that game, and the build up to it, kind of carrying a favourites tag into an All Ireland final was it a tag that the, the, they obviously carried it okay because they won the All Ireland afterwards. But for yourself, you know, to keep the lads completely focused on it, it was that a difficult job? Um, as I said earlier, what uh, so they'd lost twelve and fifteen, and you know, in the media and in the build up, maybe that was talked about, but. As I said earlier, you know, we kept referencing that, you know, this was new, this was different, you know, that we'd nothing to do with that, so it didn't matter what had gone on previous and uh what gave us great perspective at the time and I think the county as a whole was the untimely passing of Tony Keady, you know, the week after the semi final and the outpour of emotion and grief that was in Galway Hurling at that period gave us a real reality check in that you know where we were going for the final but you know at the end of the day it was only a game and 
Uh, Tony was a huge supporter, an unbelievable player, an icon in Galway hurling, and uh, so many of the lads knew him. Uh, he'd been involved in coaching in Galway, so that put a huge perspective just on everything and on life for us because you know what his family, Margaret and the kids had to go through at that period was you know preparing for North Ireland was absolutely nothing to what they were going through. So I thought the lads showed unbelievable humility, um, resolve in that. You know we we try to do the right thing for for the Kiddies at that time, and yes, it was in. We were only two weeks out from the final, but it just gave us a totally different perspective um, that, you know, there was more to life to, you know, when the game came, we still wanted to go and do huge justice for ourselves. And we would have all commented at the time, you know, that every time Tony went down the pitch, he wore that jersey with great distinction and honour. And and we just wanted to uh, honour him in that as well and trying to give a performance uh, on the day and... Um, you know, we prepared really, really well. We were really happy where we were in terms of our preparation. And you know, even the morning of the game, we you know we stopped in Carton House on the way, and you know we you just knew when we got there, and uh, for the duration of our stay there, the lads were totally tuned in and ready to go. And and uh, we got a great start in the game, and it probably gave us the platform to go on. Yeah, and like like I remember, I remember the game well. Um, you know, my, my wife and I, and I remember there was a sideline cup put over the bar and stuff. It was it was a very good game, but I also do remember, and I think it's 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 fair to point out as well the the respect that was shown to Tony Keady from everyone in ten, in attendance in Crow Park, the Galway team themselves, even I seen Tony's family on the pitch after the game, things like that. Yeah. It's you know there was a real touch of class about the whole thing from Galway, and it showed. To me personally, it showed me everything that's brilliant about Galway, GEA people and Galway hurling people, yeah. the way that that was managed. So, I think um, great credit should go to all your team and management team for 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 what would have been not a simple thing to try and do and try and do right. And I think he did. I think it was it was almost a nearly I, I go as far as say nearly a perfect tribute to to a great man. So, um, just yeah, but equally, I think uh, you have to give huge credit to Waterford as well and the Waterford supporters and that you know it. it Nobody likes to lose, particularly on the biggest day. And, uh, you know, I think what added to the whole atmosphere, the occasion afterwards, is was, you know, how much or how many of the Waterford supporters stayed and uh, acknowledged both their own team and, and Galway. And, and I think that added completely to the, to the occasion and to... Uh, to uh, to Tony as well. No, I I definitely I I I actually totally agree there. It was it was it was actually it was great. It was one of them occasions in sport where you you're delighted to be able to say you know I was there. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you just just on the homecoming from that. There's an iconic photograph I've 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 seen it many times and it's the Lee McCarthy Cup. You're handing it to your dad. Um, I think it's your dad anyway. I'm pretty sure it was your dad, but it was a really emotional picture. Um, you could see the emotion in his eyes and the pride, and, and and obviously you yourself. Can you remember that moment, or is it something that you? you oh yeah, I, I think it's probably the. Uh, no matter where, the, you, when you win in All Ireland, you get a huge opportunity to travel abroad and both near and far, and you know, no matter where we went or I went, it was nearly the first topic of conversation. I think it just resonated with with so many people. Um, Dad was diagnosed uh, first and foremost 
like any father, he was a huge influence for me and Liam and all our family. And he was hugely immersed in Clarenbridge GA and Galway GA. And uh, we have a coach company at home, and he used to drive the team as well. So he had a, a massive affiliation uh, with Galway GA and was a huge supporter. And so. Uh, the disappointing thing was he, he, got, he was diagnosed with dementia around the same time as I got appointed as Galway manager so that was obviously a huge disappointment in that on the run like he would uh, have been at every game but obviously from very early on he couldn't even go to games and uh, didn't know much of what was going on either you know it was a very aggressive form that he had but you know, when he, when we got the chance to meet him after the game, I think what was brilliant about it was it just resonated with him straight away. Like, and, and that's what was so special about it. Like, you know, it was just brilliant to be able to share it with him. Yeah, and it is like you know, sport, sport kind of can can do that to us sometimes. But I think it's 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 a lovely. Not many people will ever have a photograph of of something yeah. like that, and it's something lovely that you and your family will always have to cherish that moment. Um. I know I'm running out of, out of time and thank you for being so kind with your time, uh, Michal, no but I, I, I do have to kind of press on. There's two other small things that I do want to talk about and, and I'll let you finish up with me then. It's it's obviously your resignation uh, from, from the Galway Post. Um, I know it was met with a lot of disappointment and a lot of shock um, from, from people maybe outside of the camp, but... Um, it was it was it was principle based, I believe, and 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 I ju- I just wondered, you know, you know, what was the what was the real cause behind this, or or what was the the, the reason that made you feel that look, I have to step away here. I think I just think uh, it's you know I mentioned earlier I have uh, three boys at home and they were they were young through the whole thing and I was very when you get involved with any team but particularly a county team it's 24-7 and uh, you know I've been very fortunate with my wife Siobhan at home my employers BMW Financial Services they were all very supportive but like it is a 24-7 job and the bios were getting bigger and coming into real formative years and uh, you know Siobhan and them had sacrificed so much to let me go and and do what I wanted to do and uh, so that was first and foremost in my mind and yeah it was a huge decision and a difficult decision because you know there were some aspects of what we wanted to do um, uh, and and a few disagreements but primarily it was uh, to what I just mentioned there and uh, you know I, I, I think as well that you know when you look at the modern day and you look at what Brian has done there in your own county and you know, I don't think we're ever going to see the likes of what he's done again and, you know, in, in having such a long tenure as Kilkenny manager and the success that he's had, like, he's, he's going, whenever the day comes, he, he's going to be regarded as, as the, the greatest manager in the GA and rightly so. But, you know, I think for, to, to be appointed now and to stay that long is, is just testament to him. Um, I don't think you're going, you're going to see that much in the future where somebody stays stays for that long because of the pressure and the expectancy and just the workload that it that is in it and look I've always said it was it was a dream of mine it was an absolute privilege and honour to do it uh, but just at that time for me and the rest of the management uh, we just thought it was the right time to 
to step away for us but um, and then when you step away from it and, and you get back to a bit of normality in your own life you realise the amount of time that it did take up and efforts that that did go into it so it takes you a long time to come back to some normality you know for your own life and get back to to a bit of normality and uh, over the last two years three years I, I've gotten involved with the underage in Cambridge so I'm really enjoying that and you know I have huge sympathy for all managers in every code having to particularly county teams having to go through the whole COVID you know it's, it has been really hard and uh, hugely challenging for everyone so as I said I've been involved in, in the club with with Andres, so I really enjoyed that for the, the last couple of years and uh, uh, getting the book back a small bit again on the chat. Do you do you miss do you miss the the, the senior setup? Uh, of course, like you know, we built up huge relationships with with a lot of inboys and uh, yeah, of course you'd miss it. Uh, you know, I think hopefully someday I get a chance to to go back at it again but I, I'm content enough at the minute what I'm at So you're definitely not closing the door on, on intercount you're way too young anyway to say that you don't <laughs> want to manage Galway yet again you know Yeah look it, it's something uh, maybe in the future yeah I won't I won't even talk to you about the, the Limerick Cork game because I'll have loads of weeks to build up to that the, the, the last person I think that I want to give uh, a word to is a player that, that, that has carried the Galway colours with such pride and grace for for so many years and given us all such joy broke our hearts many times yeah. too but but Joe Canning a player I know you have huge respect for um, it's 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 sad to see his his, his career he's, he's he's decided to retire I suppose but weren't we so lucky to have him oh unbelievably so and like he was a player of a generation player he was you know he was the standard he set the standard uh, uh, everybody knows Joe the hurler but he you know, he's an exceptional human being as well, you know, huge humility and um, he's going to be sorely missed as as a player and as a person in the group and, you know, all the plaudits that he's gotten over the last number of weeks are, are fully deserving in that, like, you know, he burst onto the scene. Like, I was involved with the 21s that we spoke about in zero five. One of the years he was still involved with minor and we were desperately trying to get him involved with the 21 you know that's how much of a uh, even at that stage in, in his early days how much of a, a presence he had and, and his talent was undoubted so you know for a, a player to come through and have that expectation on his shoulders from the first day he put on that maroon jersey at minor you know he he was wanted always a grade above you can remember Gerard Lucknan when he was Galway manager trying to get him involved at an early age and then when he burst onto the scene in zero eight, what an impact he made scoring two twelve, and you know he carried that expectation every day he went out, and um, you know delivered hugely. And you know what he's done for Galway hurling is immeasurable. And and as you said, you know the man that he is uh, is is on a pair, and he's going to be really missed in Galway. Michal, on that note, I will say thank you so much for your time today. Um, no you don't want to give me a time frame to when you think you'll be back managing Galway again, no? <laughs> no, 
don't think. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Michal, thanks a million for taking the call today. And no sure, look, best of luck to you with the rest of the year. Okay, take care. Thank you. Cheers, mind yourself. Right. That was, of course, Michal Donoghue, former Galway All-Ireland winning manager. And as you heard from Michal there, he's not ruling out a return to managing Galway. Very young manager and he still has a massive career in front of him. It was an absolute pleasure to chat to Michal there. And I look forward to speaking to you all again next week on The Clash Act. Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors, Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won Car of the Year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the Year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning Partner Van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Waterford Road, Kilkenny, today.